0: Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 11, Episode 15, titled Trust. It's not called Truth, I'm told. Uh, It's called Trust. Aaron, what'd you think of this episode?
1: I feel like I would have liked this episode... Uh, I, this episode's fine. I would have liked it more had they not flashed. This, this flash-forward build-up is the lamest goddamn thing I've ever seen. Right, right. I mean, that's hyperbole, sure, but <laughs> we were way overthinking the impact uh-huh. of Daryl coming up. Is the way it's going to be. I'm kicking in your door, Maggie. I'm coming in. Like, no, It just wasn't a thing. It, I, I expected it, some-
0: turned for his character but that never happened right? He's still the same Daryl in this moment. We were talking
1: like how in the hell can he possibly betray Maggie after all the things he's seen and all the things he knows well he can't, he can't Uh, it it wasn't even a work deal where they're working to get, it's just just not the situation that they purported it to be which feels a really great way to take the wind out of your sails for the penultimate episode of this center chunk of the season I and I this is know. definitely
0: a teaser episode, right? They're building up a lot of stuff like Mercer is, is yeah. getting told you need to participate in our uh, t- society here a little bit more than you have been. Um, we've got we've got Max who's going to go in and maybe steal some stuff and maybe get caught. Who knows? But like, yeah, this is definitely a teaser episode. So I, I'm with you. This needed to be more. Um a shame again, because I, I, I like I, a lot of this episode like Mercer's stuff I think is actually really good. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed seeing more into like what makes that guy tick.
1: I wish we had more seasons to develop Mercer because he's kind of... Him and Princess are kind of my new favorite characters of like the new people and yeah. they're just not going to get... Spence... I want to print... Instead of Karen, Daryl and Negan and Maggie just a Princess and Mercer. <laughs> sure. Why not spin them all off? Let's just go with... <laughs> in addition sure, to Daryl and Maggie yeah Rosita and Gabe mm-hmm. Aaron and Gracie just yeah why not Judith have a RJ. walking dead cinematic universe spin off sure yeah sure
0: <laughs> you're right though i i do like mercer and princess a lot in this episode and princess is one of those characters that if you ask me when she was introduced or like halfway into them being introduced to the Commonwealth. Like what I thought a princess would be like, nah, I don't really care. I don't want to see much more of her, but they've done this. It's not even a magic trick because you notice it and you know exactly how Mm. they did it by just ignoring Mm. all the history of this character. Uh, they've turned her into a somewhat normal person who might be able to, help somebody who's very emotionally repressed deal with his issues because she's got that trauma too. And I like, I, I like how they made that connection. I just don't feel like it was earned because they never had princess come back from the brink in my mind.
1: Yeah. And maybe that's the, I mean, I, I don't know. Cause I, I want to talk about more about this in the episode, but she's kind of the anti Eugene cause Eugene has had this shtick yeah. and has re, has, has, uh, resisted all forms of essential character growth, and mm-hmm. now they have it paired him up with a real hottie, and it's not really working for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the 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 chemistry's not there. Whereas, like I think Princess and Mercer have tons of chemistry, totally. and they also are like you know like desaturating her character. She doesn't have the wild rainbow wig and the pig pink you know teddy bear jacket and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and. But you're right. Like, I I wish that they had found a way to kind of do all those things at once. Like, I think we needed a little arc for Princess to – and I I can fill it in because, like, maybe she just wasn't as – she was just a lonely person who just Mm kind of went crazy with her interior life because she was just starved for attention. And once she had regular human contact, like – you know, she was weird like Tom Hanks was weird in Castaway. Right. She's not weird like maybe on the spectrum like uh, Eugene is and that stuff that's not as simple as like changing your environment and change. So, like, I, I get it, but I kind of wish they had explicitly shown that a little more mm-hmm. rather than her kind of going away and then coming back and like, oh, look, here's a normal person even though she's working at a record store. Have you been to a record store? Have you ever seen a normal person working at a record store? <laughs> no, I've seen iFidelity. They don't exist. Normal people yeah, yeah, at record they, they, stores do not exist. I frequent record stores here in Cincinnati. I'm kind of in into the stacks of wax. And I, I got to say, and, and this is not a knack because I wouldn't classify myself as a normal person. But that's not the type of people <laughs> to gravitate towards these jobs. So, like, she could have been the quirky record store girl. And totally. Mercer could have loved her. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just don't know that they needed to completely take take down the princessness of her but i don't know yeah it's cute uh, together speaking of, of
0: characters that have have gone missing for a little bit uh yumiko is just she's gone replaced by her brother as the primary character of the the siblings there i suppose uh yeah. i don't know what the fuck they're doing with yumiko at this point cuz She's been gone 90% of this season or this chunk of episodes, right? Yeah,
1: she was in the opener and she was like highly placed in the State Department. I thought that was going to be, and I haven't forgotten. So she's still there. She's still in place. But it is weird to just see her at a cocktail party and that's it.
0: Yeah, all this stuff is happening around the edges. And I, I feel like when we pick back up with it, we're just going to be expected to like say that, yeah, Yumiko's you got, you know, her own stuff going on here that has made her sympathetic to this cause. But yeah, I would like she'll to be see... she like a... Yeah. I, I would have liked to see where she has, like, been influenced by Pamela Milton maybe a little bit, and there's resistance there or something because she's been inside the machinery of this society. But we're just... If they try and do any of that, it's going to come off as, again, not earned because they just haven't shown any of it.
1: Yeah, it really feels like they and they've done a good job of bringing the rest of the Alexandrians together in their own time and in their own way with their own experiences like Eugene and Connie and Kelly um, and Daryl and uh, Carol kind of all coming to their own opinions about this stuff independently. And now they're going to be able to like kind of work together, mm-hmm. you know, Scooby-Doo, Bloodhound gang style. But they have completely dropped the plot of Yumiko. And the only way that could be interesting is if she is going to be the real betrayer, you know, they've, they've, they've baited us right. with feral Daryl standing outside the gates. Nah, gotta open the dock. Uh, And they've now, but I don't, like I said, that's still, it's not satisfying. Cause I want to see that journey that she took. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Cause this, 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 this show seems like it's got way too much time on its hands. And also, is shortchanging some things I think is going to be important. I'll throw another one out mm-hmm. there. The fuck happened to the professor? <laughs> he's gone. Oceanside doesn't matter.
0: Oceanside. They didn't even show it when we went to Oceanside. So he doubly doesn't matter. But
1: dude, yeah. I, I mean, I, I know that he's doing fantastic beasts and all this other kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but still like, that's so weird that he was a major character. He was my favorite of the new people in uh-huh. the beginning. And he just uh, fell in love with the girl from Oceanside and was never seen again. Apparently. And we're at the tail end of this, you know, 11B. And I kind of think he's just not going to be there. I don't know. I I agree. I don't think he's coming back. Or if he is, he's going to get like
0: a four second shot at the end of the series. Just so we know he Mm -hmm. survived. Who knows? Who knows? Um, Yeah. So they're doing some things well. They're doing some things poorly. Uh, I wish they were. That's doing that's the Walking Dead well. I know and love. <laughs> yeah, I just wish they were doing more well because I, I feel like that they have the ingredients for a really tasty stew, but they're not cooking them right, and they're not, and they're and they're
1: leaving yeah. some of them out entirely, and.
0: It's, it's, just, it's too
1: bad because I thought I thought nine through the tail end of season 10 was like season two, season three, quality Walking Dead, which uh-huh. is not as good as the first season. I think that's the best. Sure. But still quality television. It's engaging. I think they're now devolving into like season four, season five Walking Dead. It's not mm-hmm. all the way down shitty madness, but <laughs> the it's, it's 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 starting to get that way. And man, I was hoping they could finish at that two, three level. Then a strong. We'll see. They still got nine episodes, I guess. I I think, I just think that like, man, Angela Kang has just been given a thankless task. You can't Mm -hmm. kill these popular beloved characters. They have force fields around them. No matter how much it would make sense to the plot, no matter what happens in the comic book. Uh, you have to have 24 episodes, whether you want it or not. So you have to build mm-hmm. an artificial climax three times in a single season, or people are going to be dis- disappointed, and it's going kind to of mind blow. Like there's just she's working under a lot of constraints that don't seem like they're fun, creative challenges, and also yeah. probably doing it at the same budget she made 16 episodes. That's the thing, yeah,
0: probably. If so. I know
1: AMC executives, like I think I do, you know. <laughs> You think? you think the 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 wheezing dead that's that's about to shuffle off the stage is getting the lion's share of the budget when they're preparing to spin off seventeen new shows? Fuck no,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, all right. Uh, well, it sounds like we were mixed on this episode, but it seems appropriate. Anyway, yep. uh, want to get into the recap? Let's do it. All right, first let's take a quick break. all right we start off with lance's crew including daryl arriving at riverbend and questioning aaron and gabe about what happened there and they lie about it and lance doesn't quite buy their story but he doesn't press the issue either after daryl says yeah i I believe him instead he decides he's going to go to hilltop to see if they can smoke out the quote-unquote dangerous people who killed toby um just speaking of toby We get a shot of Toby, because last we left Toby, he was being torn apart by walkers, uh, and he was paralyzed. And we talked about how unsatisfying it was, because they can't rip his guts out, right? He's got all this armor on, Mm -hmm. there's just nothing they can really do other than chew on his chin a bit. And then in this episode, they just start with entrails spread all the way across him. Is that his entrails? Is that a walker's
1: entrails? I think if the zombies dig around enough, they would probably find the seams so they could get at some guts, maybe. I actually thought this was a really cool shot. This is partially skeletonized His face, face yeah. with the, the, so- the open eye socket pooled full of blood. I thought that His was, was awesome. you know... Yeah. In, in in a better universe where Frank Darabont is 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 concluding his final season in The Walking Dead and this is like your establishing shot of the show on the penultimate episode you're like this is fucking shit hot man this is cool mm-hmm. but as it is it's just like you know it's it's Nicotero's band doing the thing they always done great in service of a eh, plot
0: yeah that's the thing like it starts to you know lose its effect when they've done it so well over so many episodes it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, that's great, but I've seen this a thousand times. And imagine before. if this
1: guy was somebody that had been in a couple of episodes and we felt a certain way about rather than like, oh, this guy's going to be, oh, he's going to be dead. You know, that's kind of my relationship with him. Right. Um, why is Daryl always out of uniform? <laughs> You're out of uniform, soldier. Uh because he's the well, hero. Why did they take every excuse to get him out of the armor? It doesn't make any goddamn sense. I agree. I,
0: there, there are a couple of things that happen here that I, I don't understand. Like, that's one of them. Why is Daryl allowed to be a uh, not tr- trooper here? But also, in, in a couple of scenes when they're on the road, he's going to send his guys in. Daryl has suited up, but he's he's going to send Aaron and Gabriel in as... A test, I
1: guess, to kill some walkers. I don't understand why he does that. I think it's just kind of like uh, does does Hornsby not think that Aaron and Gabe are badasses? Because like he's heard, this like, right? This, yeah, he hasn't seen and it yet. For himself, he hasn't seen. I guess for maybe himself. that's it. But. Because I think he's highly skeptical that these guys. Because where it's like, you know, not if I hadn't seen the episode before and I just saw Aaron and Gabe as the last men standing and some, I'd be like, yeah, that probably that checks out. These guys are certified badasses. This guy, oh, the one arm man. Oh, you mean the man with a wrecking ball at the end of his <laughs> of his other arm that he's like, come on, he claims to be a badass. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I kind of like there is a little bit of this that really worked, like you know Hornsby doing the oh okay, well I guess I'll buy that. I bet I guess I'll, I'll, I'll buy that story, But you know fellas, we want all want the same thing, mm-hmm. and you're, you're you're you don't want your buddies at Hilltop to be completely ambushed by these psychopaths running around killing people. So we better go and warn. That was actually a pretty good, pretty good horn of a dilemma that. Yeah. It, it just just sank like a shitty soufflé cake by the end of the yeah. episode, but they had something there. No, I, I do think they've done a pretty good job with Lance. I I feel like Lance is a
0: character whose machinations I believe. I I, I he's a great character. Yeah, he he is clever in ways that a lot of Walking Dead characters are not. Um, yes jesus this might be the first genuinely clever character the walking dead has had like i, I didn't think negan was particularly clever he was just brutal Yeah, had his uh, moments but yeah yeah the governor it never struck oh, me as no. clever like uh uh-uh. and, and those are the most clever of the characters in the show right so right <laughs> yeah he might be the first genuinely clever character and i like it uh he seems menacing in that way
1: so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got. He's also got. You can tell he's got like a mean streak to him too. That we're gonna. Yeah. Uh, that's that, well. I mean, shit. Using like what uh, was it? Thirty people to try to get some cash out of a house. Mm-hmm. Essentially housewives and whatnot. Like, yeah, that's yeah. He's he's a sadist. Um, totally. I hope that they really explore that side, like that harder, because because I can tell, and I think this guy would be good at showing that. Uh-huh. You know, emoting that kind of insane kind of Joffrey energy. Um. All right. Princess wakes up
0: next to Mercer, who hasn't slept a wink. Oh, before we move on, actually, I, I want to talk about the Aaron Gabriel roadshow that we've got going on here, because I think yeah. they're great together. There's I do, too. There's a shot here where he's asking them like, oh, that's your story, huh? And you expect me to believe it. And they both look at each other and are like, yeah, yeah, that's her story. It's just mm-hmm. it, you can tell that they both know this story doesn't hold up and yet if they both say it holds up it will hold up right it's yeah. it, 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 I don't know there's just knowing
1: look between the two of them that's really funny and there's also me. something to where like I, and I wish that the 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 crew had the because I don't think the it attracts that they are aware of this but Hornsby does not hold all the cards here like this is uh, a failed messy black op that was not blessed by anyone that's deeply embarrassing probably uh makes him complicit in something that would get him in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And I feel like if, if our team knew a little bit more of that, it did make these scenes a little better. Cause it's not just like Hornsby getting backed off by these guys, smug assertion that like, yeah, we're awesome. We're the sole survivors. It's also like, how hard do you want to push on this Lance? Lance, you know, right. like, like how, how much of these threads you want to pull before it starts unraveling yourself. And I don't feel like they quite they quite get there. They quite understand the pressures that Hornsby is being placed under.
0: Yeah. I mean, the trouble is you don't have that knowledge in this scene. Um, mm-hmm. None of the characters do. Right. Other than Hornsby. So, yeah. Right. But, but it works pretty well. Um, OK, let's move on to Princess waking up next to Mercer, who has not slept a wink. Either because he can't stop thinking about the sex that Princess also can't stop talking about, or maybe because he's preoccupied by something else. Who knows? But Princess knows something's wrong, but he's unwilling to talk about it.
1: I like a good pillow talk scene. I think these guys are cute. Uh I think they're beautiful people. They have a great, they have a great chemistry. Um, I do hate Mercer's alarm clock because this is essentially the alarm yeah. clock that got me out of bed circa junior high school to high school and I have a, this I hear that and like my molders want to shatter <laughs> everybody isn't it wild clock, how right? it's like yeah this was like, like the I, alarm sound for the 90s oh, it just sets my teeth on edge hearing it mm-hmm. uh, and I got to hear it twice in this scene because Mercer's yep. a goddamn dirty snoozer he's a fucking snoozer
0: I, I feel him I feel him deeply on the snooze even when you're wide awake Man. You hit snooze because you just don't want to get out of the bed. It's not waking up. It's the getting out of the warm, comfy bed.
1: I used to feel that way, I'm an anti-snoozer now. I like to sleep oh, up until the God. moment I have to get out of bed and then I want to wake up and get out of bed. I don't want to wake up an hour. And my wife and I are not seeing eye to eye on this because she's a snoozer. She I set up. my she, alarm she, she, she early. She sets her alarm for so eight if she has to get out for nine. In every exactly. five minutes. I get, I, and that's like, <laughs> I, I could have slept another goddamn hour.
0: No, 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 because I want to snooze for 40 minutes. That's what's, yeah. <laughs> people are fucking maniacal i know, I know it's fucked up it. i hate uh, it about myself but that's exactly what i do
1: <sighs> um but no I, I i like this this is this is uh super cute uh i like her crack that he's maybe part robot that was did you did that resonate with beep you boop. as a as beep a boop oh yeah he yeah, has beep boop on it too <laughs> Ah, uh, but you can tell it like it's cute. the princess wants to not pry, but also wants to give him some support if uh, he's willing to lean on her a little bit. And I think this is well built through the episode. Um, mm-hmm. her,
0: you know, saying that you know she she like she she doesn't outright say she thinks something is up here, right? But she kind of does, and then later she outright says it, and then
1: uh, he outright this says is- it. It's it's good. And and I also feel like this is like this is recognizably the princess character because she is kind of like what she says uh, later in the episode, you know, like just this bubbly kind of uh, super cool confident person. Um, And and I like that it's just like she's toned down the external aspects of herself. Um, And I think there could be a good like you know that like again that could have been a front that could have been something she did just to kind of ward off uh, loneliness and insanity. And now she doesn't feel like she has to do that or there's you know other outlets to her personality but like i i because again it's not like she's just turned into a different person she's not a boring you know flat person it's just she's lost a lot of her color and i wish they had addressed that uh, Mm and so i could quit wondering about it you know
0: yeah maybe uh somebody at the party got a little too drunk and puked on her coat and now the stains (laughs) just won't come out i don't know Yeah, who knows? Uh, All right, Eugene, Rosita, invite Connie and Kelly over to give uh, her some details about the mission that Sebastian sent them on and the people that he sent on that mission before. And they find April's name on the list, but there are far more names on it than the people who are with April. So Eugene volunteers to go get info from one of his inside contacts.
1: And of course, we knew who that was. Is it just me, or is Eugene dressed like a fairly normal person in this episode? He, he still got the leather notice. bound. He well, that I think that's an indictment. Yeah, he's still right. got the leather bound ponytail that I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure is just a clip on, like Josh McDermott clip on. I, yeah, uh, but he, Curry, he, Curry Payton wears clip on dreads, so yeah. It, sure, it's it's fine. You can you can do hair and makeup in Hollywood, but he's not uh-huh. wearing jorts. He's yeah. not wearing, you know, like a a, a leather uh, vest. He's not wearing some ridiculous Trilby hat. He's just <laughs> looks like a normal, normal dude with a leather laced ponytail. But sure, sure. All in all, like heading in, heading in a positive direction here, Eugene. Totally. I mean, it's his big kissing
0: moment, his big kissing episode. So they couldn't have him dressed like a total weirdo. I feel like you wouldn't want to kiss that guy. <laughs> So maybe they I still don't want to kiss that. this guy, to be honest. <laughs> well, okay, um, but you're not Max. You're not that's Max. That's true. He, that's true. Eugene isn't there going to be there to support you through uh, one of the scarier moments of your life. But he will with Max. I guess. How about this list? So they find the names. Um, they find April's name on the list, but there are a bunch of people on this list, not just the 12 or so that went with her. They're not connected. Uh, we yeah. know... And, and I think Carol knows that there are more people that Lance sent on missions than went on this last mission, right? It's been multiple missions, not just the one. Is is it possible the rest of those names are just the names that, yes, they were sent by Lance, but
1: they're on other missions. And if they got with Carol, she could fill in those blanks. I think there's something else. There, there. I think there's going to be, in probably next episode, a revelation that will tie together the missing... Items, whatever, whatever Hornsby's lost, mm-hmm. uh, the missing people, and Hornsby's like power play that he's making on the Milton's, and maybe I think the there's resistance. one. Yeah, like there might be uh, like some kind of slave labor camp out in the middle of nowhere, manufacturing mm-hmm. certain goods and stuff, kind of like uh, a yeah. worse version of the drug farm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and something also because like I, there's also a very prominent morphine crate in the in this uh, that panned over in the very. So like huh. they don't want us to forget about the drug operation that's kind of off the books. Yep. So there, I think there's going to be one more piece that's going to. And this is why it's great to have Connie and Kelly on the case, because this is like exactly what their characters were backwards created for right like, oh yeah in the pre-apocalypse right. you were a super sleuth investigative reporter uh-huh. um but i think that's what they're going to do they're going to they're going to find that it's going to blow the lid off and that's probably going to be the climax i hope of this part of the season because if they punted the next year oh
0: yeah we'll, we'll see uh walking dead yeah. likes to cliffhanger stuff um and not quite tell you exactly what's going to happen so we'll see
1: yeah, I'd like to I'd like I'd like to see them do something that kind of can approach blowing my mind because mm-hmm. I, I don't have a really good idea and I haven't been like seeing a lot of theories proposed of what it is. But like I think there could be something kind of horror uh, harrowing and uh, horrifying that's really going to recontextualize what we think about the Commonwealth and Hornsby and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, yeah. And again, it'll work for them because like I've had my problems with how they've portrayed the commonwealth and how it was like flashing danger signs the whole time and I think it would have been better if they hadn't, but like I don't know, maybe they can do something that's like super fucked up that like relatively speaking to the danger we thought they were in just really kicks it up a notch and does that thing where it's like you if you forget about the, the fact that the execution was sloppy and you just right. are left with the the raw information that you can still make a good story on, so mm-hmm. maybe they'll pull one of those. We'll see.
0: All right, Carol drops Sarah Jane's Judith off at school, and then Ezekiel comes up. He's feeling real good now that he's missing about five pounds of tumor. Uh, he apologizes to Carol for not thanking her before, and so he thanks her. Well, does he actually thank her now, or does he just apologize for not thanking her before? I think there's a distinction to be made, and he doesn't,
1: he doesn't actually say thank you. <laughs> But <laughs> anyway, I it. I I I, in my, I I think it'd be funny if uh, Carol pulled a Batman is like, and you never will, like you know, I never <laughs> I never had a chance to properly thank you. She's yeah. the shadowy protector.
0: Uh, he also tells her that he's got a project he's been working on, but she doesn't have time to see it right now. So she takes a rain check, which is fitting because it's a very rainy scene.
1: And yeah, I mean, they, they, this is what I'm saying about the like you they didn't nail the execution, but you're left with the raw information. Because when Ezekiel says this place has got a lot more gray instead, mm-hmm. this would have been a banger quote if they were do, like if they had played the like Commonwealth is straight. And Ezekiel has just got the barest awareness and Carol knows a lot more. And like the group is but like we've known that the Commonwealth is kind of a bad news place from the beginning yeah feels like so the shades steps of grand. gray yes yeah.
0: yes yeah Which, I mean that's um, kind
1: of fair different
0: characters are going to get different information at different times and Ezekiel's been kind of on the outskirts
1: of this, right? He hasn't true, been part of true, the of investigation and, and, and yeah, the yeah, Carol's inside track and stuff like that. But he knows so. enough about the things that are, that are severely unequal and the opportunities aren't the same. So like, it's not yeah. And and I, I don't know. I just felt like that uh, it's the scene still works because the situation is about as described, even though they haven't gotten there that that great. Um, mm-hmm do you feel like you have a good handle on exactly what Carol's talking about here? Like she's like all already in too deep with Hornsby. She's already in like some kind of inescapable debt. Cause it felt very uh. transactional. Like I need this. I'm going to get you this case of wine. I need this other thing. I'm going to get you mm-hmm. this other thing. Like I, at what point did she get in too deep? I don't think they've told a good story of how Rambo Carol has gotten in too deep with yeah. Hornsby. I never felt like she was in too
0: deep. I felt like you said, it was transactional.
1: And Do you think this is more about her not being willing to kind of meet Zeke, Ezekiel's gaze because, like, she's rejected him and, you know, got all up in her feelings over Henry? and I mean, maybe that's the thing. Like, she got in too deep when she helped Ezekiel
0: because now Lance has something over her. Even though she did him these favors, he could always pull that card and say well you did this thing for your friend and that was clearly outside of regulation and now you're in trouble could be but she knows know. a lot of messy things with him too but I, I yeah don't know. But, I, I, thought but, I mean there's cute. a line I guess it's the the opium stuff is the right is maybe something that Milton doesn't know about yeah but who gives Which a shit about extent. getting her a line she'll probably be like yeah I don't care that he got me wine and had you go uh, looking for it? That's awesome, actually. Keep doing that.
1: So. I thought it's cute that the uh, little ass in RJ's uh, school that that was neat. The Carol dropping him off. I like had seen the return of King Ezekiel with the theatrical bow, and mm-hmm. uh, you know he's he's play he's kind of hamming it up for the kids again. Uh, and I just I've always thought Carol and, and Ezekiel were cute, so yeah. I would like to see. Although it's got to end in tragedy because it's not the the Ezekiel Carol <laughs> spinoff true god damn it there's so much of this shit that's being ruined by the spinoffs god
0: maybe maybe not tragedy maybe just uh, an acknowledgement from both sides that it wasn't meant to be
1: and or hell maybe maybe there maybe he's following along like it's it's daryl and carol sure. show but also you know king ezekiel's <laughs> <is> along
0: <laughs> on a motorcycle built for three <laughs> what <laughs> what's gonna happen here a sidecar yeah a daryl sidecar. daryl's
1: riding and carol is uh is is on, is on the back uh, the, the back seat and then uh, mm-hmm. king ezekiel is in the side the sidecar. One hundred percent. we'll have to wait until we
0: get the teaser poster but i expect that'll mm-hmm. be the case all right lance's group encounters walkers on the way to the hilltop and sends gabriel and aaron to clean it up daryl helps out uh and then they have no problem handling it and they keep moving.
1: This was, I mean, you're underselling it. This was a pretty awesome set piece. Like Aaron's full metal punch just explodes a zombie's head right in the camera's face. Awesome. Uh, Father Gabriel bisecting a zombie's brain. And this is a Michonne mm-hmm. move. We haven't seen it for a while. And right. his like skull sliding off at an angle. And then Daryl with the double bayonet <laughs> kill with the final gunshot that like explodes three zombies head at the, he gets it. Like... Okay. So the people don't watch the show. Yeah. Daryl lines up zombies heads, like uh, meatballs on a skewer. And once he gets like three of them lined up on those fucking goofy bayonets of these soldiers, he pulls a trigger and it just blows all three of them apart. And it's 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 pretty badass. Uh-huh. And then they all kind of turn to horns, be like, you were doubting that we are the shit. Can 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 and, we hear some Mia culpas here? And, and then Daryl kicks the head of one of the walkers
0: at Lance, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, save the bullet. Yep. Good stuff. No, that's a cool scene, but I just, I was questioning like, why is Lance having them do this? Is this a test of their skills? Is this like, oh, I hope one of them dies. Is this,
1: what is it? I think it's both. It's probably a way to flex on the men. You know, like it's like these guys are openly challenging him essentially. And the whole episode, Lance is like yanking on uh Daryl's collar and like making these guys, do this as a kind of, like, like, shit detail, I guess is what you'd call it. Mm-hmm. As a kind of a way to, like, show, like, you guys, you can't Charlie kick Work. against the goad. Yeah, exactly. You can't, you, you can't get ahead by defying me. Right. And he's just having fun, too. Like,
0: sure. you know. Yeah, there's something about the looks he gives in these scenes that is, like, half, aha, I knew it, half, like, surprise, and then another half of, like, I, fuck, I, rah, they thwarted me. God damn it. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Th- th- there's three halves in this look that I all compete. And he gives this look multiple times in the episode. There's a weird squirrely energy about this guy. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's good. Like, I, I don't know how he's getting all of that into just a single look, but this actor is
1: really Given the scene, really I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. I wonder if he what else he's been in, and I kind of would look forward to seeing him in something better. Get, move uh-huh. over to HBO Max. Don't, go. Don't follow The Walking Dead. Yeah. All right. Next up,
0: uh, fuck, I don't know this guy's name. Zeke asks Yumiko's brother, uh, as far as I'm concerned, to help out a friend by giving her an appendectomy outside of the official healthcare system and crucially outside of the hospital facilities. He's reluctant because he just lost a patient this morning, but he does agree. It's Tomi is uh,
1: Yumiko's brother. All right, well, he's still Yumiko. He'll always be Yumiko's brother to me. Also, I wanted to make a joke in the previous scene um, where they arrive at Hilltop. At the tail end of the scene, and Daryl's back in his uniform and he's like unrec so this is why they have Daryl get out of uniform, because he's unrecognizable. He just looks like right. a stormtrooper goon. And it's funny because he just sh- shifts his goggles a little bit, and the only way you can tell is Daryl is that you see these enormous bags under his eyes. You know, the enormous <laughs> Redus has developed in the last 10, 15 years. Uh so it's like he shifts the goggles and you can see through the reflection does the giant Daryl bags that's, that's one of the things I thought was another possibility
0: is that the show was artificially sending them in to get covered in blood so that we would know
1: Daryl from the rest of them. But true. Yeah. They don't
0: spend very much time in that state. Like he takes his helmet off almost immediately. So when they yeah. get to hilltop. But he
1: is, his armor is gore, but you're right. They
0: don't really do much with that. Yeah. No, they don't. Uh, anyway, what about Zeke and
1: uh, Tomy? Tony's in bad shape like right yeah. and I kept on thinking they were going to do something with this because a lot of this plot feels right out of something from the Nick really, uh, uh, that okay. Soderbergh project where mm-hmm. you know because they did the, uh, I'll get to that later but they establish him like with an open bottle of booze and an open bottle of pills. And it looks like he's been hitting them both pretty hard because he can't, you know, he said he wasn't built out built for this. And he's lost a patient. Yeah. And he's got a lot of trepidation. And I feel like Ze- Zeke was a little too breezy. The patient he was like, he
0: oh, lost this morning was actually a souffle. That's the one thing they don't tell you. <laughs>
1: he was making ironic, yeah. ironically he's running a secret veterinary clinic out of the hospital because <laughs> sure. the commonwealth won't yeah, save puppies and buddies and <laughs> uh because you know fucking people who cares but you know a dog right. dog dies on the operating All that's right. a good boy uh, just an lost. alpaca
0: i a, a llama i don't know what <laughs> they've got the in that fucking yeah but
1: yeah I- anyway
0: sorry yeah. i interrupted you
1: no, I, 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 I thought Ezekiel's a little too breezy with like ask. This is a big ask, yeah. And I don't feel like Ezekiel's um, frame reflected the seriousness. It's kind of like you know, but he's he's also kind of rolling with his old king Ezekiel, uh-huh. full of kind of bravado and and uh, pumped up confidence. So, um, hey, I guess hey, the big surprise is it works on Tomy. He th- he
0: might also think like, hey, I'll just give this guy a win because it's an appendectomy and it's. It, it, all things considered, it is a pretty minor operation. So, right, right, maybe that'll cheer him up. I, yeah, I don't know. Zeke has a fervor for life that a lot of
1: people don't share. But true, especially. I mean, imagine how much fervor he's got. Where he thought he's going to die, now he's not. Right. Like the a normal fresh person would, you know, have a. But like Ezekiel's was like kind of primed <laughs> to be this guy anyway. So he's like, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh man. Oh man. I didn't
1: even think about You don't about need those it, lollipops. He's
0: high on life. They missed a huge opportunity for this patient to be a tiger. Right?
1: right? Oh shit. Mm. What if it wasn't
0: a human? What if it was a tiger? Ah. What are you going to do? Anyway, Eugene meets with Max to ask her to steal some secret files from the government. She doesn't want to um, until she hears that the Miltons are involved. That piques her interest. And a janitor breaks up their meeting uh, abruptly.
1: Uh, I, This is a funny scene because Eugene trying, trying to be sneaky. He's like, I'm just posed as a humble, a deliberate boy. And he's got like all this romaine lettuce. But he's using a romaine lettuce like a bush that you would hide mm-hmm. behind in like an Austin Powers film. Yeah. And it's got that exact tone. And it's it's hilarious.
0: Yeah. Yeah and especially considering he's the most recognizable guy maybe in the Commonwealth, but
1: aside yeah, from maybe yeah. Mercer in his red armor. <laughs> yeah. My, my question is this repair guy coming in and interrupting them and catching them in the middle of doing something sneaky. Does that, is that going to pay off? Cause he gave him like a look at the end of this, uh, you know, a lingering look at the end of the scene. And I feel like they're hmm. already, they've, they've already been had. There's already there's already people there's there's already people that know too much about this growing resistance.
0: Maybe the janitor is part of the resistance. Have we ever considered that
1: that he's True. not sure That's- about Max? And, they, and he seems like that's the kind of job you would get if you got reassigned right? to shit detail because you 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 broke a Commonwealth law. I, yeah, and they they keep on the, there's there's tons of them. Or you get a lot of so, access yeah. as a janitor, right? I
0: mean you get access true. to the hospital, maybe records rooms, maybe you know Fight Club,
1: man. You don't want to fuck <laughs> right? with the people that are making your shit work, man. It's true. You don't you don't want to do it.
0: Yeah, so who who knows? Um but yeah, it did seem conspicuous this guy walks in at that moment and Mm -hmm. gives that look all right lance's group arrives at hilltop and asks to take a look around maggie says no and lance is going to try and force his way in until daryl says i will talk to her and then convinces maggie to trust him and open the gates
1: and look at all the crooked bayonets have you noticed this yet (laughs) I have not. I know. How do you know? How? So I was looking how? for it. Half the of s- these guards have bent fucking bayonets, man.
0: See, I never remember in the scenes where there are like 50 bayonets to look at. I only remember in the scene where there's one. Cause later on when I think it's Daryl. No, l- later on when one of the troopers has their gun on Casey Jones, cause Casey Jones has Lance by the collar. Uh, that's when I looked at his bayonet and I was like, "Oh, that doesn't look too
1: cockeyed." Yeah. But here, where there are fifty of them, no, nah, I didn't. I didn't think to oh look. Oh my god! And when when all these soldiers are filing back, I was about to. And then one guy walks through and he's got like you know when you first learn how to play guitar, and you think it's really cool to like put your guitar straps way down and like you got like you're in a power stance and your, your guitar's like swinging the around by Navasellic, your knees. I
0: call it. Uh huh.
1: Yeah. There's a guy holding his fucking assault rifle that way. (laughs) Like, and he's the only one. Like, everyone else is kind of holding it in your standard tactical kind of way. And this guy's coming back like he's about to shred with this thing. And I'm like, oh God, these, I can't, I can't take the Commonwealth Soul. I I don't know if I'm supposed to because now I know that half these guys are just raw recruits that don't know what the fuck they're doing. Conscripts, probably. Yes, exactly. That's Uh, the word.
0: Maybe that's Mercer's personal weapon. And he's like, if you adjust my strap, I'm going to fucking. I'm gonna
1: beat the shit yeah. out of you. Yeah. I just thought like this scene, the build up to this scene versus what the scene was, this is in the middle of the episode. Right. This is not a big moment. Right. This is not even a particularly scary moment. It's just like, you know, Maggie's like, Yeah, fuck you, I'm a sovereign citizen. And the cops like, fucking open up, we're gonna knock down the door. And one the cops like, hey man, I know this person, we're cool. And essentially says, you know, it's not going to be like, if you don't open up, we're going to kick. It's like, just kind of trust me. Come on. You know me. You know, yeah. Daryl. The worst episode uh, of The Shield ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's just such a such a non-event. It makes me retro Because I remember going back and being like, you know, it's risky to do this flash forward because something you're spoiling the moment, blah, blah, blah. I, it never even occurred to me that it would be this mendacious this kind of ultimately kind of a false play of the scene yeah i mean the the conversation we have is like like, how how have they
0: flipped daryl you know it must take something huge the commonwealth must be something something glorious it must be what it says it is or at least have tricked daryl into that and how would that be but no none of that is true it's simply daryl doesn't want to get his friends killed so he's saying let me handle this
1: it's so why do that why the fake why why call your fake out seven episodes the, in advance
0: because it's fucking AMC man they can't not hit you with something that is going to try and here's the thing you're right Why'd, you're trying to lock him down like the people are like you so know what I'm, gonna, I'm gonna watch
1: one I'm gonna watch one more fucking episode and then you get know, the fuck off it just to know it's trash 165 yeah. of these episodes this might be but the last like, one Daryl's gonna go to war with Maggie I guess we're gonna have to see how this season ends and then so the, the, the few tortured faithful that walk another mile down your road of broken glass get to this scene that they've been waiting for and you kick him in the nuts dude. like what the hell is wrong with you people uh,
0: the whole strategy is just asinine of like i mean who who is the walking dead fan who's teetering on the edge of quitting the walking dead after 11 seasons and they yeah. have to it's not just like, oh, if this episode isn't good, but if I'm not like enticed to watch the next episode, yeah, i'm
1: I'm done, right? Like nobody's nobody's there. They're already yeah. invested. But the problem is the structure itself. like if if they didn't have to have uh, the artificial need to generate three completely, you know, random, uh, season finales and season beginners, we totally. wouldn't have this tension because this is just this is just a scene they picked out at random as like well, let's put it up front to kind of like uh you know hook people, but it wouldn't like we wouldn't be having this conversation if they hadn't had that flash forward, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't have the flash forward if this would have been like one contiguous season that was like sixteen episodes long. It's just like it's one of those things where it's like man, I I don't even know if it's Angela Kang's fault. It's like she's working under constraints of television as dictated by the AMC executives. And, uh, it just sucks because this is just, man, it just,
0: and it's nothing it's new, stupid.
1: right? Like no. th- this
0: is tried and true AMC walking dead chicanery. It's it's it, and, and so ridiculous too, because like at the end of this episode, I want to talk about this. Maybe, maybe right now. Um, the final scene is Lance finding Leah in the woods and saying to her, I want to offer you a job. And everybody kind of knows what that job is, right? Because we're just off the back of him getting the runaround from Maggie and realizing she's a threat that he needs to deal with. Um, Mm -hmm. So so we know what that job is going to be. But if you didn't know, if you didn't understand what they're doing there, you can wait literally 1.5 seconds because the walking dead is going to give you a next time on that explains exactly what it is. And I don't understand these next time ons. I always hate next time ons. I try and turn it off before we get to the next time ons, but you can't with
1: this show. Because it's like know, directly from I want to offer you a job to next week Maggie does this. and I'll... It's like the DJ at the club that's like blending the the one scene and the one <laughs> totally. song into the other, you know. <laughs> totally. it's like, he's got the can't. two DVDs and he's just like turning uh, them both simultaneously. That's a crossfader, uh-huh. just like just whipping it over. Yeah.
0: And, and I'm just thinking like, how desperate are you to push people to the next episode? Is this what you need to do? No one who's watched 11 seasons of the show is going to check out if they don't get the next time on and, and in fact what? like the next time on just ruins the next episode for you this is a
1: vestige of old television something that like uh totally. my buddy jesse because we're doing this night rider podcast it's called why is mr feeny a car uh you can hear it on bald Move pulp or why is mr Feeney a car and at the beginning of every night rider they they show a 30 second clip that is oh, what's going to happen on this fuck. episode. I hate this with reality and Jesse, shows. And Modern Jesse's reality like, reality why? do that. Do the same fucking yep. thing. And he's like, why do they do that? So you don't understand. Back in the 80s, all they're trying to do is at the top of the hour right. you're wanting to flip over to a different. They're wanting to be like before you get up to get the beer or whatever you're going to do. Here's the awesome shit we're about to show you this next hour. Sit your ass down and don't change the channel it, when we get to commercial. And don't change the channel. Yeah. Don't change the channel. Right. And I think that like this is the same. Like this is the lack because like, if you look at like uh, Apple TV Plus. Mm-hmm. I would very much like to see a next week on severance. Fuck you. You can't even get it. There <laughs> is no next week on Good. and HBO starting to do this too. So like, I think eventually they'll get to like the idea that like people are, you know, but that's the confidence of Apple TV or HBO max that so like, yeah. people are paying 15 bucks a month or whatever to get this stuff. They uh, we've got them. We've got and, them and in if their the ecosystem. episode
0: that I just watched. Hasn't enticed me to watch the next one. It's a preview of the next one. Isn't going to do it. Yeah.
1: Like, it, but, but that's what it is. This is me this is the old guard trying to do their old guard tricks right. in an increasingly irre- Cause like, yeah, if we, you know, and when, when, you're watching this on, uh, it's just annoying that when I'm watching this on the Amazon thing that they still have, like, I can't opt out of the next week right. on. Yeah. You know, Cause it's part like, of, it's the not episode. A, it's not a related material or a bonus feature of mm-hmm. the episode. It just immediately starts like I'm watching. So, but, but I, I think that's what it is. Like, another 10 years, this shit will be dinosaur era stuff, but yeah, there's right. still a little tweener here. Yep. Uh, all right. Max asks
0: Mercer about the heist. while uh, he's working out in the gym and he says, it's none of her business and tells her to let it go. She can't let it go because Sebastian sucks so much. And uh, Mercer says, look, I, I'm just, I'm just a soldier. I've been doing my part to keep 50,000 other people safe. I can't go after Sebastian. Max tries to talk him into helping her change uh, the place being the Commonwealth. And it does seem to sting a little bit when, especially when she points out that people look up to you because you're literally
1: on their posters. That's such a fucking great scene. And I I love how they've established it. Like Mercer is like a a literal poster boy. Yeah. And the camera falls like, you know, they look up to you literally and it pans (laughs) over and it's like, yeah, yeah. The first time I watched this, I
0: didn't know the notice the poster. She points at, the episode points it out more obviously at the end of this scene yeah, yeah. but I didn't notice the poster uh, in that moment I thought she was saying that he was tall <laughs> I was uh, like what does that have re- why is that relevant <laughs> what the hell but your stature yeah because he is very tall uh, he is yeah So, and like
1: uh, I said this this would be so much better if they had been if they'd, they'd sold us on the shades of gray because a guy like Mercer I mean this is something you hear people all the day it's like look, well, yeah mm-hmm. we got problems in our society but it's better than x y like you know Right. Um, but it's, it's not as easy as, as it to, could be that's
0: the thing that's the thing that is right. always the comeback is like yeah it's better than it's better than a shit but sandwich but wouldn't you rather
1: have a something better than bologna like yeah but then the people on the top might have to go with uh, you know they might have to eat bologna too and they're they're used to caviar Jim so well, well, that's we'll, just, all get,
0: we'll all get chicken and it'll be fine like you don't <laughs> Nobody needs to eat bologna, and nobody you, certainly should eat You your caviar, shit, so. I trade
1: my bologna, we all get chicken chicken tendies, who, yes. who's mad at that? You no know? one. Well, the people right. who had the caviar. The people who had the caviar. There's Although like eight caviar, of those people. Have you had caviar? I have had caviar. I've no. had expensive caviar. It's like King Neptune shooting a load in your mouth. Is that what you want? <laughs> Maybe. <Are> you, <laughs> you going to judge just me like for it? it? <laughs> I just feel like it's people jerking souls off for like eating, eating a two, $300 an ounce food. Right. You know? Right. It's like a gold plated pizza. Like what the fuck? Yeah. The, the $1,000 hamburger that tastes about as
0: good as a $14 hamburger. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, good scene. Um, then we go to Zeke and Tommy stealing supplies from the hospital and trying to sneak out with him. And boy, are they immediately busted. it's almost funny they open the door into
1: a trooper's armor it's hilarious Mm -hmm. after they carefully look and you know like scout it out and it's like yeah they're they're not they're not the they're not the best sneaky sneaks no definitely
0: not uh but there is some setup here for uh thematic stuff right like protecting ourselves or others i think is a key line that uh zeke talks about like you and it's effectively what the conversation with mercer is about too there there's a pretty yeah. good theme that they're developing in this episode of like do you value your own safety security position more than you value the safety and security and and status of 50,000 other people let's say
1: yeah and you got both they, sides um, of those
0: arguments and i think it's it's actually pretty effectively told
1: and they're setting up Tommy is kind of like uh, or Tommy is kind of enjoying this. You know, I'm a bit of a rule breaker myself. And you can see him kind of coming alive that he's like yeah, striking out against the system just a little bit. But they, yeah, they just like they just run smack dab into do a soldier.
0: And, and what I don't understand is why are they sneaking around in the first place? Like he's a doctor. Yeah, like, Tom, he can he confidently walk out with supplies
1: and just be like, yeah, delivering these. This is Pan. my orderly. This is my surgical assistant. Right? Get the fuck out of my like a person's going to die. Trooper, do you want to do that paperwork? Yeah. Like I, I thought that's exactly <laughs> what might happen when we right? smash cut to them being handcuffed and like an interrogate. I'm like wow, this fucking escalated.
0: Or, or at least do those one of those things where they put like the supplies under a blanket on a gurney and they rush down the hall, like, out of the way, patient, coming through. Oh, this. that's what
1: you do. You put Ezekiel right? on a gurney and you pack him full of medicine and you uh-huh. just rush him out the door. Just her
0: yeah. all those supplies.
1: <laughs> You're good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, what a king will do for <laughs> his subjects. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have <laughs> a lollipop? <laughs> Kingly shit tonight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't
0: know, but they took the opposite route and uh, got busted. Mm hmm. Uh, all right. Lance is suspicious that the hilltop truck was at the scene of the attack. So he inspects it thoroughly. He makes a minor repair and tries to start it up. But it is completely dead. And Maggie tells him to be out of hilltop by sundown.
1: Well, so what's OK? They answered a couple of questions. um it's not diesel. They're, they're, they've learned they've learned how to make ethanol and converting their cars to burn ethanol. Right. Which the way I understand it is like a car will burn ethanol. The problem is that ethanol like just eats the seals and the the tubes of because it's not mm. it's not the, you know the a car is designed to pass gas to pass gas <laughs> to, to to convey gas around and you put a different fluid in there and it's a little bit more corrosive. It makes the stuff shit brittle. So like whatever that that makes a lot of sense. Um, sure. And clearly, this is a car that Maggie did drive out to the compound. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And Lance is right. Why didn't it start?
0: They sabotaged it in multiple ways, apparently. But That's like, did they guess. know
1: that the that the why? Well, why would? Because like, it's not illegal to have a vehicle running for the hilltop. It's like it seems like this is right. just a lot of um, multiple plotting steps ahead. When I don't know that why they would think they they would need to. Well, Lance walks up and he's like,
0: "Not a lot of cars running these days." So he's like, it's "True." Essentially saying this is the only car that could have been at the scene, and I know
1: uh, it. And if it yeah. runs, it's doubly sure right but But it's still not it's still not hard evidence like if that thing turns over then like you still got to prove we were there man combined
0: with the mud on the tires right at least it's dry right because if the mud on the tires wasn't dry then you're looking at sure even stronger evidence but yeah i mean the the whole point of this scene is like he knows something's up they know he knows something's up but he can't prove something's up and he's just digging around for dirt
1: the way that Lauren Cohen played it, it almost felt like that Maggie was worried that it would start. That's the thing I was thought it was weird. Yeah. Like she's playing like maximum flop sweat, like, ooh, ooh, ooh. and like, then it, then she turns cold motherfucker. You got till sundown to get the hell out of my town, mister. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. It's one of those things where who is she acting for us? Right. That's weird. You know, <laughs> does she know a cameras on her? It, uh, is she
0: acting for Lance? That wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Why much would sense. you act?
1: Why would you act nervous as right. if you're trying to hide? I mean, and she's also a cool customer. She's been in way worse situations than this. Oh yeah. By God. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't. I don't. I, I, it was weird. It felt very like a t- TV show. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Carol uses her connections to get Zeke and Tommy out of trouble. Zeke invites her to his animal hospital, which is just a front for an underground clinic.
1: How does Carol do this? Like, what is she, is she just like the second most powerful fixer in the land now? I, yes, very much so. It, apparently, It was weird for it to come in like, without uh, anyone's help, just quash all this.
0: Yeah. No, Zeke throws out her name and suddenly she's there fixing the issue. Uh, I don't know. She's been seemingly endowed with some of Lance's influence, right?
1: Um, I don't feel like they've done a good job of telling that story because like if anything, Lance was highly suspicious of her last episode It was one of those things where Uh they both I I thought they played it like they both knew each other was full of shit. But it's one of those political situations. It's kind of like season three, The Wire, where uh, Barksdale and uh, Stringer have already turned on each other and they suspect it, but they can't prove it. And they're still at it's like but as the audience, you know that they both don't trust each other. Mm -hmm. And then this next episode, Carol's just his deputy. Yeah, Uh, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. They're doing the weird thing where they're playing the characters to get a reaction out of us, rather than the characters organically existing in that scene. Right. Totally. And this raises
0: questions. I think um, if if you're a thinking person, it kind of has to. Like, okay, he's established this underground clinic because he views the systems and the cues of uh, the Commonwealth as unfair. What does he do? What is his solution when his clinic is overrun with patients who all need care and he only has a limited number of doctors and supplies and time? Right. How do you solve that problem? Because that's the problem that the Commonwealth is trying to solve with this queue, this waiting list. Right. I I don't know if the episode is, if the show is going to go there eventually, but that seems the the natural outcome. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the real thing is you take resources away from non-vital things like the damn celebrity parties they throw, and you give it into the you know things that saving people's lives. But yeah, like right. that's you know at the end of the day is like uh, uh, I think we could do a better job, but it is probably possible that we can't quite uplift everyone in the planet out of poverty at the same time. Like I did, I remember. A couple years back, I, I I did some back of the envelope math of like how many trillions of dollars the entire world's GDP was. And like, what if we just did, what if we just even Steven divided amongst eight billion people and it's like five thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, everyone could probably live some kind of life on that, but much of the world would have to make sacrifices to make that happen. And it's clearly not something that we're interested in doing. Well, $5,000 for someone,
0: you know, in a different area goes far, a lot farther than it does for someone in America and like, you have to adjust for cost of living and- all that stuff,
1: but, but even e- even if that's I, I, but I don't know because that, that's the thing. It's like you're trying to make everything even. So like maybe that would be in the beginning, but pretty soon everybody would want their iPhones and their cable TVs and sure. their you know air conditioning and things. I think like a good start is food, housing, and uh, water. I agree. Look, look, man, I'm <laughs> I'm on, but I'm but I'm yeah. but I, am, I am acknowledging that like there we there there. You also need to grow the pie. Sure, and some totally. of the things growing the pie divert resources away from taking care of the here and now. And right. you got to kind of, like, aim at the future. But I'll, but the thing is, Walking Dead is not grappling with any of that shit. This is all just surface level takes.
0: Yeah, I do want them to. Like, it, it seems like they're setting up a scenario where that would be the question, right? Like, Ezekiel yeah. was perhaps unfairly treated by this system. He got lucky because he knew somebody and he got unfair treatment in the other direction. Yeah. Now that he's set up his own version of this, how is he going to fix those problems? Or how does he at least hope to fix those problems and i don't yeah, feel like this is it, gonna
1: be super popular and what happens if he has to turn away people or what happens if they start cutting corners exactly. and people die i don't feel like it will be know? a
0: complete tale here unless he has to grapple with one of those issues pretty soon so
1: yeah they're setting up a
0: scenario let's see how they play that out yeah uh mercer goes to princess and apologizes for not talking to her before and then tells her that He's up at night because he's crossed his own personal lines uh, when he killed two of his guys, and he thinks he'd probably do it again. And he wonders if maybe he's part of the problem. So Princess invites him inside to figure it out together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is what I mean, the the theme of, like, he's protecting everyone else, but, you know, at what personal cost? Um,
1: and I like this. It adds more dimensions to princess where she's like, you know, I know I got yeah. this like kind of bubbly, outgoing princess persona, but also I'm really good at handling heavy shit. And you can you can lean on me in that way. I, yeah, I liked it. And it plays I like, like it I, all the Princess Mercer stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, they, they've set
0: this up. You know, I, I believe it when she says that. I don't it doesn't come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah, that's great. All right, Lance spots Herschel visiting Glenn's grave and starts throwing a bunch of questions at him, including his, uh, about his and Maggie's comings and goings. Casey Jones takes offense to that and threatens Lance, and it starts a weapons out standoff. And Daryl and Maggie eventually get Lance to back off, and they the
1: Commonwealthers pack up and leave. And this is like, none of these are smoking guns, but like the vehicle... Right. The fact that he found Herschel's hat at the scene and it fits like the Cinderella's he know hat. He Herschel's know? hat. He just knows it fits a kid's head. It. Like how many kids are running around in a zombie apocalypse? Let's be guy. honest. It, Herschel's it, got it, a big head. Is- a big
0: head. That kid's got a big head. I'm, that's an adult size <laughs> head. That would fit Daryl, guaranteed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the the it's all circumstantial evidence but when you have like three or four pieces of circumstantial evidence are fitting they're leaning the same way like i don't sure. know if that's good enough for post-apocalyptic court system but probably we'll see
0: might be good enough for lance i mean i'm certain it's good enough for lance basically. also how does dare
1: like daryl's pointing the gun in the wrong direction you know, you like he's a band. like when when he comes in like everyone is pointing guns at, at at Maggie uh and Casey Jones and Casey Jones has got horns be up against the wall and Maggie's pointing guns at the Commonwealth soldiers. Daryl comes around the corner, sees this and instantly turns the gun on his men. Like, right. I feel like Daryl's permanently out at himself as someone who can't be trusted and is never going to take the right, he's never going to take the side of Commonwealth and I I I that mm-hmm. needs to have consequences in the next episode.
0: Yeah, and honestly, they end this scene with Daryl standing side by side with Maggie and and her the Hilltoppers yeah. when the Commonwealthers are leaving, and I'm like, oh well, mm-hmm. he's just he's not a Commonwealther anymore. He's just left the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. He's now a Hilltop citizen, but mm-hmm. then he goes right back later. To be a trooper to. with and telling everyone, the children are
1: still there. Yeah, he has to. He has to.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's like just, this weird. I, I
1: don't know why they accepted him back after that scene. And I felt Daryl's best chance of getting people out of there alive is to stay on the Commonwealth side and talk everyone down, not to turn your guns on those guys and escalate the situation. Sure, but this sure. sh- this show's just gotten dumb in some areas. I, yeah. It used to be, and Daryl's smart enough; he's not an idiot. Mm-hmm. So
0: uh, yeah, so Daryl, Aaron, and Gabriel agree to find the weapons since they obviously can't give up the killers because they are the killers. Uh, and Lance's people will find something. Anything to talk about here or are we good? I don't think so. Pretty,
1: pretty. Yeah.
0: Zeke lets Carol know how good he feels about his fresh start at life and how much he appreciates her. And Carol, I think envies him and he tells her that she's the one who made it all possible. And then Tomy calls them to help with the appendectomy that's gone way off the rails. They managed to complete it successfully, though.
1: I like the scene between Carol and Ezekiel, mm-hmm. um, you know, this darkness versus the light. you know, the dar- darkness is heavy and some people have a natural ability to carry more of it. And we need that. But like the darkness is something that exists and we create the light and mm-hmm. that like Carol is exceptionally good at carrying darkness, but she also is exceptionally good at making the light. And maybe she doesn't realize that. Yeah. Um,
0: she inspires it in others. And this ties back in with the Mercer stuff too, right? He's carrying a lot of darkness for these 50,000 people.
1: Um, yeah. That they don't even know yeah. about. So yeah, I, I, I like that. Uh, and then the fact that it's a new thought to Carol, like, you know, because she sees obviously mm-hmm. Ezekiel as like a fucking uh, beacon, you know, like he's just throwing light everywhere. Yeah, because uh, that's who he is sometimes. But like she in, is in his light. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Like totally. he's she's the thing that keeps him from like succumbing to the darkness. And maybe that's a new thought to her. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah,
0: that's great. And, and you see that like she really envies that the fresh start that he's getting right like how much would carol love to have a fresh start but I, I feel like she doesn't think she's even worthy of that fresh start that ezekiel right, got she's done
1: so much yeah right okay she's just not a good per like ezekiel's a good per he deserves that stuff i'm not a- i was a good person when i had a whole bunch of people you know good people kind of pulling me along but yeah mm-hmm. that's a good take on it did you think Tommy looked unwell Like no, I didn't notice. That's why I was like this. This 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 thing reminds me because there's a whole sequence in the Nick uh, about uh, um, where Clive Owen uh was like deep into like a cocaine kind of addiction and he was operating on people and like he had that like that pale sweaty skin with the dark circles under his eyes mm. i can't i can't tell if like this is just like tomi looking haunted because of the situation he's in and the pill and, and how much is the pills and because bo- i thought they might be turned into where like maybe tomi can't do surgery anymore his hands are shaky yeah. he's not thinking straight because of the stress he's under and it but nope he just this Pulled this burst appendix and closed it up, and everything's gonna be fine.
0: Mm-hmm. But and I, I, think I got that, my
1: eye on him. I'm worried about him. Yeah, I think he got a little dose of light too, courtesy
0: of King Ezekiel. Right? Like this is That's this true. does make him feel better? I think he, yeah, yeah. At the end of this, um, Ezekiel's goal has been accomplished. Yeah. Uh, then Max worries to Eugene that she's not up to the challenge of changing the Commonwealth, and Eugene promises that she won't face it alone, and they kiss like twelve-year-olds. <laughs> she asks him what info she needs to steal so she's on board yeah this kiss is not very passionate this is like no tweens first kiss kind of
1: kiss and it's wild because i've seen josh mcdermott and other things or like when he's just doing interviews and he's not an uncharismatic guy obviously no, no. if you're in hollywood you got that way but like my god there is zero charisma going on here
0: mm-hmm.
1: totally um and to the extent that they're willing to like pump the brakes on princess a bit, I can't believe that they're not. I, Cause I, I think it's, it's, it's not in, it's not uh, beyond the realm of reason that someone can find Eugene attractive, right. You know, sure. somebody for everybody. Uh-huh. He's, he's got a certain way, but like, I, I don't think they're doing a very good job of showing him growing into that. uh, uh you, this, this relationship it just feels like you said it felt feels like 12 year olds kissing because they're in a play a school play and are made to
0: <laughs> fair yeah i don't know um i, I do like max's sen- sentiment with you know should we know what we know and because of that things have to change uh, we can't just wait around for someone else to step up and do the work
1: uh, that's yeah, that was a that was a great line. You can't there is no normal to go back to because we you know too much. Now. We've been changed by the information yeah. we have. Yeah. Totally. And then final scene,
0: which we kinda already talked about, Lance finds Leah in the woods with his weapons and he offers her a job. You know what the job is? I do, because I guessed it and also AMC told me the very next second. It's but straightening
1: what? bayonets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's, she's got military is. experience she knows how to uh she's she knows how to gunsmith. and he's like i got it's just getting embarrassing we got too many fucking bayonets at a 45 degree angle yeah someone needs to straighten this shit out and tighten it back down leah can you do it
0: <laughs> is it possible that the commonwealth doesn't have any blacksmiths <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes they just yes they're
0: attaching them with twine and chewing gum and they're just mm-hmm. drooping
1: yeah, hot glue. Because nobody they're can just, fucking they're just, weld. Uh, they're DIY in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's fucking embarrassing. Get your shit together, AMC. Get your prop master and tell them that at <laughs> bare minimum they need to get the bayonets on straight. Yeah. And that's it. That's it for the episode. Uh Jim, we have a lot of feedback. We're like if, if we had a, a couple more episodes to go, we'd probably have to break this out into a separate section again. So Damn. uh Let's take a quick break and get right into that that uh, feedback. All right, we're back. If you'd like to tell us uh, what you think about the Watching Dead or how we're covering it, uh, it's easy. Watching Dead at Baldmove.com. First up, Kim from Virginia says, "Why well, you guys understandably are interested in the appearance of an iPhone in the this episode?" And keep in mind, most of this feedback is for the previous episodes because we're we're recording this early. Uh, I was more interested in the photos that were actually shown. I'm not sure you touched on this, but what struck me is that they weren't just showing how nice the Commonwealth could be because in every photo, there was a policeman in their white uh, armor suit. Makes me wonder Mm. if Aaron even knew the contents of the photos when he handed the phone over. You're trying to recruit residents. Seems to me you show awesome shots of the town in order to entice people to join you thoughts.
0: Yeah, but um, maybe you could also, maybe this is an implied threat. Like, hey, I look think at it's our post. troopers.
1: Yeah, like like look how awesome we are. Look, we have Law and Order, hmm. and also these guys are well armed and armored. And what? How would you stand a chance against them? You know, it's kind yeah. of like uh, it's that 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 kind of gunboat boat diplomacy that they did in the late 19th, early 20th century. It's like like look at just 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 by sending in this armored battleship into a port, you're not there to invade or take over. But what if you did? You Mm -hmm. know, it puts that idea in like, look, Oh, we we want to open up the trade. And if not, it'd be shame if we had to turn these 12 inch guns on you. You know, it's like, I think, I think it probably does both. And it is probably, probably effective. um, If you weren't dealing with post-apocalyptic Michael Bain, Mm -hmm. you not a stand for that shit. Moving on to John in Chicago, you guys have speculated on how Lydia and Maggie suddenly had a running car to drive and what it must've been the Commonwealth uh, help fixing it up. Don't you think if the Commonwealth had the ability to get cars to run, they would have used running cars for their own caravan visiting Hilltop, Alexandria, and Oceanside? Well, we do know they have running vehicles. I just think that, like, you would use them sparingly. But on the other hand, I think you would definitely use them for Milton's convoy. Uh, I mean, yeah, sparingly means, like, military application, right? (laughs) Right
0: yeah that's where you like put like maybe money, everybody's but... horse
1: and buggy around the main central armored vehicle but that armored vehicle can just get the fuck out of there if and leave everybody behind if it needs to so yeah but again the the universe is there are running vehicles still
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and uh, I, i've never really
0: bought the idea that like oh the v ve- there's a sh- vehicle shortage because like they can fix up you get a couple mechanics and they can fix up what a car a month like how long maybe especially if they get them early like if the commonwealth has never really fallen or came together like within a year or something of the fall like there's a billion cars out there to go grab off the street and keep running and get your
1: ethanol working and all that stuff the i only don't think about the, the only thing, thing i worry about any is like the rubber components of a car like the hoses the tires because that shit is not a wear item it just like if you sit a car in a barn for 10 years the tires will rot mm-hmm. out um they just go bad it's not Do we not a, have it's any not, rubber it, trees in the commonwealth outside the commonwealth
0: georgia is a place I don't where think you we can have grow like, rubber I, I, trees right
1: didn't didn't fucking henry ford and uh, uh uh edison almost go broke trying to get rubber to grow in north oh, america did they <laughs> I don't know. Like there's a whole town in Florida where they tried to get rubber to grow because obviously that would be the way to do it. And right. like, it's like very cli- like you need the fucking rainforest to grow it in.
0: Huh? Uh, I was thinking Georgia wouldn't be a bad place to try it, but I maybe, guess they're not in Georgia. Maybe. They're in Virginia.
1: That's still, it's not terrible. I, I think there's something some environmental concern with rubber because it still seems could like be. it comes from like, you know, in still still to this day, it comes from like majority like Indonesia hydroponic rubber plants. Like
0: Let's get that going. Come on, Commonwealth.
1: And no, you're probably right. Just,
0: you're probably right. There's not a lot of cars running.
1: But that's the thing is like it's like it's like the metal components. So yeah, you could c- cannibalize that. But like if you go to a junkyard and grab a hose like 15 years all the hoses will just crumble and be brittle. So and, how does Maggie have one? that's i don't know She's i mean far far, less like, i think you equipped. could as a boutique item like like fashion like i don't know copper fittings or something that like but like that's it's it's not as easy as just going and scavenging parts and stuff yeah wooden but, wheels um,
0: copper pipes pvc that's maybe, what i was uh. thinking
1: i was actually thinking like you could put wooden wheels on a car uh-huh. and you get you, you do you replace all the flexible hosing and stuff with like rigid copper and stuff like that and you could pr- probably like steel braided lines and things. You could probably like on a limited and that's probably uh-huh. what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, John says he also wishes the walking dead made an effort to mention Rick and Michonne or any of the other past characters for that matter. It mm-hmm. would have been a nice send up to some great characters and also keep the viewer aligned with the past. Just as the characters in game of Thrones still talked about Ned Stark as the seasons rolled along. I think about Judith being despondent, being in the Commonwealth. it have been a great moment for her to say, I missed, I just missed my mom and dad. When are they coming back? I think you're right. I think the show doesn't do a good enough job of talking about the people that have gone, especially with the kids, because the kids did have that nice conversation last season where they talked about like what it's like to be a kid in the apocalypse. And a great way to reinforce that is like whenever kids get in a safe situation and they can relax, they probably start thinking about their parents. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's too bad. They don't they don't exactly make the most out of the show like they were doing there for a while. Evans up next. I don't mind when you discuss the spoilers the AMC marketing folks release. I'm just waiting for this whole thing to be over more than anything, but it's never actually happened to me in the wild. Well, on Friday AMC was playing the classic Predator 2. I had it on in my office as background noise like you do. During a commercial break they played this ad that showed all the great stuff AMC has coming in the works. Better call Saul's new season, Fear the Walking Dead, The Walking Dead's final season, etc. Well, during the Walking Dead portion, they played a clip of Maggie and Daryl standing on the ramparts of Hillside with bows and guns drawn. Given the context and the fact I cannot remember the specific clip from an earlier season, I assume it's from an episode that has yet to come. This means I assume Daryl will either turn on the Commonwealth or they'll write it so that he's a double agent the whole time. I can't tell if Evan's way far behind or, right. or I haven't seen his exact clip and they're going to like really lean into the Daryl Maggie stuff. That doesn't seem to make sense, but God damn it! He says AMC. I was this close to making through the entire series without being spoiled by your marketing. Um, well, join the club. Mm-hmm. Like this has been a perennial fucking problem, especially if you're if you're watching the Walking Dead kind of quote unquote live. Yeah. Holy shit! Um, but this also makes me very concerned. Do you think they'll have enough time to tell the story that they want to tell? Do you have the confidence in their ability to do so? Yes and no. Not. Not as much as I did 12 episodes ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do think they have the time. I just don't think
1: I believe they
0: can necessarily do it. At least
1: not as well and, and as I, think I hope. This, and this crew's always got the talent. You've got the stuff there. And I think this mm-hmm. writing room even can do it. It's just for whatever reason. And I think we've given the reasons. It's just, it's just not coming together the way I was hoping the final season could. God damn it. It's spotty um, more,
0: more than anything. It's just spotty, right? Like they, they do tell compelling stories from time to time and I do get invested and then they'll have an episode like Eugene's, uh, neo-noir investigation. And I'm like, ah, uh,
1: Hannah says, I finally got around to watching the Godfather after seeing your post for it in this, uh, for its 50th anniversary. Fucking amazing. By the way, turns out mm-hmm. Godfather, pretty good show, pretty good movie. Glad we turned you on to it. Yeah. Have you seen the professor from the walking dead? will be playing Francis Ford Coppola for the mini series about the making of the movie. I think it's called the offer Hmm. this along with his role in the magical world of the fantastic beast series is keeping him out of the Georgia weather for this last season. I'm sure. I I don't know about the fantastic beast shit, but like, yes, this, uh, this story about the Godfather's creation looks really interesting and I'm really excited to see it. I did not know he was going to be in it. I'm, I did not know that he I saw him as a, and I'm like this. So whoever they got playing Coppola is pretty. But I had no idea. It's it's the huh. it's the, the professor. But that's pretty funny. Nice. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Barb says thanks for another entertaining discussion. Your guys Daryl voice always has me howling. <laughs> I'm glad you guys enjoy it. I was I'm getting a little because I feel like I can barely do it anymore. Like I've lost the essential feralness of the Daryl, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. I'd like to see how it's evolved over the years because it has changed. It's it's like because I, I, there's one particular episode I know where he said the word no. Uh-huh. And it was that nah. Uh, And and that's that's what got me on that kind of thing. And Uh I I need him to do it again. I need him to have an emphatic anguish. No, so I can I can I can recalibrate my my feralness, feralosity. Anyway, I agree with most of your comments around some of the writing, but I didn't agree that Herschel's character or actor is weak. I think he's intentionally written quite differently from a child like Judith. I recall when we met Herschel, his superpower seemed to be to be good at hiding, climbing and evading capture or getting eaten. That kind of thing. I just feel like Maggie developed a different skill set in him. than it's like Rick and Michonne and the others did with Judith. So he'll eventually, or probably never fired a gun before most likely because he never needed to. He could get out of bad situations better than most kids. Maybe. And yeah, his affect is a little flat, but then again, I have a feeling he's being directed that way to show just how different a kid who's been on the road a lot would be. Maybe could be i mean i don't like i try i try to be measured when i criticize i haven't always been this way and i ended up feeling really bad about saying some unkind things about child actors because what i really Mm -hmm. have grown to appreciate is any problem you have with a kid actor is uh, almost 100 percent the director it's a director's job to get a performance out of an actor and actors can make their job easier or better but like, holy shit, look at Natalie Portman in the prequels. That right. is a woman who can act her ass off and George Lucas gave her nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't blame the kid. I, I blame the the character not being served by the the concert of the actor and the director and the writer we will throw them in there too because you can also just give them dog shit material. Um, but it's unfortunate because I just don't think it's working for me. What do you, what do you, what do you buy? Do you, do you buy Barb's theory about the him being a different kind of kid. Um, here's the thing. They haven't done enough with Herschel for me to register
0: him as a character. Like what is he like? Um, they could have done that. Yeah. And, and and you're obviously picking up on it. So maybe it's there and I'm just not like picking up on those elements. But to me, yeah, it was not like, Oh, this is the history this kid has. It was more like this. This might be the first time I've seen this kid do anything in this show. And suddenly he's here and he's like, giving this very flat performance, but
1: yeah. And I, I, I think I, I, I get a little, what you're saying, like, you know, Judith was always christened as little ass kicker from the very uh-huh. beginning. And she had that kind of like, and she was right. Her parents were two of the biggest badasses the shows ever seen. Rick and Michonne. So mm-hmm. like
0: gravitating it, towards it that. not
1: right. And I, I understand the distinctions between those kids and you can see that maggie you know being like uh uh on the road more and mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more cautious cuz she's lost glenn that she's raising this the herschel to be more of a hider stealth type post apocalyptic child build mm-hmm. and uh judith is more of the barbarian warrior uh yeah. i just don't think they've done a good they 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 could have they've had the screen time they just haven't done a great job of 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 telling that story i don't think um she says one more thing on things not being what they seem. I suspect Princess washed out the color and straightened out her hair, got a job, et cetera, As a requirement for living in the Commonwealth, I can't wait for her to whip out the steampunk goggles, don her fluffy jacket, and get her hands on a couple of big guns when the shit eventually hits the fan. Hope that happens. It's yeah, like, are they going I, I for a know. monoculture here? What the fuck? Like, yeah, you can't express, you can't wear any flair. Yeah. Yeah, they're aggressively anti-flare. Fuck that. Zero pieces of like, I don't know. And I, that's uh, the like, I guess I've talked myself into that aspect of her was like a cope. Um, right, right. But you might be right that it was like something kind of uh, beat into her. Moving on. So I asked last. We we had the the subject of the Prince of Egypt. <laughs> yep i've seen when I, when emails. this morning this this morning when i came in i went to pull up the walking dead i'm like holy shit 75 <laughs> new messages what the fuck and i'm like 90 percent of them were just prince of egypt up or down right i but, crossed the numbers i was shocked i knew it shocked I fucking knew it 33 percent of the bald move community has seen that prince a prince of egypt and 66 has not I knew it I would have vindication I would have have said fit well you were 90 10 I I would have thought it had been more 50 50 33 66 Uh, Jesus Christ I guess maybe that's the thing is I grew up in a weird cult that uh, was like more prime prime to enjoy biblical type entertainment but I thought Mm -hmm. that was a bigger movie than it was anyway thanks for everyone to to responded to our impromptu poll I, I, yeah. I'm humbled and chastened. And also, you should see Prince of Egypt. It's got some bangers in there. Um, Mac Wells, I said, I love listening to you guys. I wish you were covering more content. There was no Station Eleven podcast, no Severance podcast. Lies. Mac, Mac, you need to take a $5 bill. You need to put it in the machinery of support.baldmove.com because you're missing out, buddy. Mm-hmm. You're missing out. We had coverage of Station Eleven. We're covering Severance as we speak. It's just on the Fabulous Premium podcast, Off the Clock. Um, and it's not like we intentionally like, oh, these are going to be awesome shows we where make people pay for it. <laughs> no. It's like this shit takes us by surprise. I didn't even know mm-hmm. station 11 was going to be on the air like th- until three weeks after it was same thing with severance. Like Jim mm-hmm. happened to catch a commercial like the severance thing is flipping my lid. So stuff that we it's too late. They to started like us. We'll probably do a full on public podcast for severance season two. Oh, I, can't I would imagine so. we won't. I Yellow fucking love this show was another one. That, Yellow jacket.
0: Surprise coverage. Yeah.
1: If, if you, if you, if you, if you think we're missing out on some big, and then we do miss out on some big shows. Like there is no coverage for succession. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you really like our stuff. I, I think you could, you you could do worse with your money than, than going to support. That and checking out the club. Uh, that aside, Mac, he says, you touched on the absurdity of cracking open the safe in 45 seconds, but didn't touch on the security alarm. You can't disable an alarm by punching a panel. Come on, now. For that easy, there'd be no point in having it. You just break into a house, bust the panel, and be done with it. It's like turning off your TV by smashing the remote. I, I had, <laughs> I had a cha- I, I had that in my notes to talk about because you're right. That is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But you know, you just there's so much ridiculous in the show. You can't you can't comment on it at all. It, hmm. I do wonder, because, you know, a lot of those alarm
0: systems are based around calling out to an outside service, True. right? So, like, if you smash the panel, the call
1: still got out um, and the cops are already on their way. But, like. I'm guessing there is no calls happening in the apocalypse. It's more of like. There's, there's probably right. speakers call? that are hooked up that are making that loud noise is not. That's the panel what itself. I'm thinking. Like,
0: could you, there is certainly a component in there you could smash that would end the physical. Yeah
1: blaring yeah. siren but maybe it's not the panel it, it would probably be something that you couldn't do like you, you yeah and it, it maybe oh, I I, I, I we
0: have an alarm in our house and the alarm like when the voice for like what, window ajar or whatever comes
1: from that uh-huh. panel
0: so if you smash that panel it would definitely stop that from happening but I bet the that. call
1: would still go out uh, I tell you what tonight at 3 o'clock in the morning I'm going to break in your house okay. I'm going to try to smash that panel <sighs> we're going to see what happens cool <laughs> perfect (laughs) uh it's for the podcast it'll be good Mm -hmm. um finally i think we're gonna find out that milton is not evil she's just blissfully Mm. unaware dripping in her white privilege when the scooby goo scooby goo when the scooby doo gang with guest star mercer exposes the rotten core she'll be ever grateful and make someone the new lance if not even the new leader altogether That would be kind of interesting because I think that's the Hmm. one commentary that I think The Walking Dead could still make if they wanted to is the idea that the blow up the idea that you can reform a rotten system by putting the right people in charge. Whereas the way I understand things is if you have a fundamentally unfair, unequal, uh, you know, whatever racist system that putting good people in it will just turn those good people into bad and complicit. Because it's the system that's the problem, not the individual people. Um, and, I, yeah, sure. I'd kind of sit up and applaud if they could just get that through some, you know, the 1.3 million people that are still watching the show Skulls. Uh, he's also said, "I'm so exo- exo- I'm just so exhausted. This is the last season, the last episodes even. And instead of heading towards a thrilling conclusion, we're starting new shit. The worst decade-long prequel ever, because that's what this all is now. You realize it's just a prequel. <laughs> that's that's depressing. That's yeah. depressing. Yeah. Um. Also, it's like we're um. God, we're you get so much feedback. We're gonna like it said. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to bust out a separate feedback show in the last few weeks. He uh, also mentioned that a Dalia Harris controversy. I guess this this actress is going gray naturally, and they hit it with a wig because they thought she was too young in the flash forward. And then they let her use her natural hair going. So like, that's why uh, okay. they didn't it's match like the wig a,
0: appropriately. Gotcha.
1: I didn't think so. Yeah, yeah. I think they could have done a, could have done a better job with that. But then again, they Eugene weren't going to buy a new fucking pill. wig. They had the wigs. They had AMC
0: was not springing for a new. <laughs> that was a, that wig. was a
1: slap town wig. Yeah. That they had yeah. Kicking around since season five. And they just like, yeah, it's the post apocalypse. Throw it on her head. Yep. Uh, Dr. Dre. Or I'm sorry, Dr. Dre. Just Dre. I don't know why <laughs> okay. I added the doctor. I see Dre, and I accord uh, accorded yeah. some respect to that name. Uh, as a New Yorker born and raised in Brooklyn, I might be one of the few people looking forward to the Isle of Dead spinoff. I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the series, the big character death will turn out to be Negan's pregnant wife. I think she might be killed in a similar fucked up way that Negan killed Glenn. Not a bat to the head, obviously. However, the baby will be saved by cutting her open by Maggie. The exact same thing she did back for Lori way back in season three when the show was really good. Negan will now understand how Maggie felt or feels after Glenn was killed and it will be bring them closer. This is a solid idea. This is a pretty, it would work even better if they had, you know, gotten this character to a point where I could, you know, really organically care about her. But that's, that's a decent way forward for Negan and Maggie to go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This this is also a wild card that Lance might not see, right? If the people who were at Riverbend end up at Hilltop, they could be much uh-huh. better equipped to to fend off a trooper attack. True. Than he suspects. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the only way you're getting Maggie and and Negan together again. So yeah, I
1: could see it. It bums me. It bums me out though, because I don't like the idea of post-apocalyptic babies in general. And I don't like Maggie and Negan being saddled with one. But otherwise, yeah. I, I like the premise. Uh, Dre says, fast forward to the spinoff, Maggie, Negan, and Herschel. A new baby will move to New York. And I hope they do the cla- the, the do a chess. What is it? I hope they do a chessy. New- Maybe it's a classic. I don't know what he's trying to say. I hope they do a New York tourist montage similar to Macaulay Culkin and Home Alone 2. Maybe we can even get the Isle of Dead, I Am Legend one-off with a bunch of Chris Rock-looking zombies, walkers, dark seekers, which Negan and Maggie and Will Smith, knock them out. Knock them all out to celebrate the... Oh, <laughs> what God. is this a slap? We, uh, we, yeah, we got the, we slap, got the, the, the slap... Slap Town's just infecting this entire fucking episode like a zombie. Alright. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dre. <laughs> uh, I hope I wish you well in your medical career. I we'll hope, move on I hope your Walking Dead dreams come true. Uh... She says, "Yes, Casey Jones is back to being Casey Jones again. Can we please keep him silent and deadly? No,pe, <laughs> nope, not. this have an
0: episode. He's going to be back. Uh, he be put the mask back. back in
1: storage, and yeah, he's going to get his fucking Zion from the Matrix outfit back on, and everything's going to be mm-hmm. cotton, the fabric of our lives. Mm-hmm. Rosita and Daryl are about to straight up murder fuck. fate. Uh, wait, let me back up." Rosita and Daryl are about to straight up murder fuckface McGee Sebastian when he threatens their children. Yes, please. Aaron and Gabriel taking out Whiskey Joe. It all made me happy. I just wish, I just wish Whiskey Joe's zombie pull apart was more graphic. This is, after yeah. all, what I really come to the show for. Yeah. Well, maybe you like the aftermath image because it was mm-hmm. pretty arresting. I wish I could have actually feared for Negan's death by Herschel, but I don't want to beat that horse to death. Agreed. My favorite part of this episode is definitely how well Mercer's armor highlights his glutes before he wastes those two soldiers near the end. <laughs> oh, Hannah, Wait. Hannah, you are you are you are going to be a satisfied customer because we got to see a lot of Mercer man flesh, mm-hmm. and it was it looked it looked pretty tasty. If if that's the kind of buffet you're looking for, there's a lot of it, all you can eat, baby. <laughs> Oh boy maybe that's what the chilled princess to fuck out she got on 100 milligrams of fucking mercer mm-hmm. you know ask your doctor if mercer is right for you and uh she's she's just she's all all the mental problems fixed okay um let's move on to edward w says hey jim and aaron a longtime long time listener first time writing in well welcome Before this tale comes to a close, I just want to say thank you for all the entertaining coverage of this. Once time great, then bad, then sort of good again show. I would never have returned after season eight had it not been for your great takes on this stuff. I'm sincerely sorry. Mm. I'm so sorry for roping you back into this mess, Edward. (laughs) After Sunday's latest trust, he's he's a fellow early watcher. You nailed it with the Daryl rope-a-dope at the gates of Hilltop, and I thought the whole confrontation was a swing and a miss. Way cooler as a stinger. What moment earlier in this mini-season doesn't help that Maggie and Daryl looked like two dogs that got caught shitting in the house (laughs) by discount Saul Goodman snooping around for no reason. (laughs) LOL. Yeah. Uh, Well, we've said enough about that, but thank you for the praise, Edward. Christopher you mentioned you were not sure how Herschel got on the truck. If you go back to look at when Maggie comes out to say she's going with Lydia and Elijah, Herschel comes out to say bye. And when he leaves Maggie, you can just see him in the background cross over to the back of the truck. It's very subtle. And I missed it myself on first watch. However, I was mystified by how he got on the truck. They did show her, uh, and edited in at least a hint of his actions. So that's nice. Okay. Uh, I didn't th- I think it was that. Like I said, I instantly knew what went on. Um, right, right. But it's nice that they actually put something in there. Mm -hmm. And then finally, this blew my mind. Margaret sent us in an Instagram post from Norman Reedus on his last day of filming for the Walking Dead series, the series wrap. He posted something, what looks like to be season two footage. Yeah, it's early. Behind the scenes footage of him with his arms around Melissa McBride. Uh, And they're singing a song that I think you guys are going to get a kick out of. And that's how we're going to play this episode out. So thanks, Margaret, Uh, Jim, spin that record. We'll see you next week. Carol is sterile and Daryl is feral. A match made in hell.